Hi, I'm Tony Lay, and you're listening to Whispers, the short-form history podcast that shares stories that time is slowly forgetting. In the crowded city of Inglewood, California, there's a small preschool and daycare called the Destiny Development Center. Once upon a time in the early 1920s, this was a rural area, and homes, businesses, and strip malls weren't so suffocatingly close to one another. There was no urban sprawl back then. But there were buildings at that address well before Destiny Development Center stood where it is. Those original buildings have been lost to time. Buildings that once saved and housed something very valuable and kept it from disappearing off the face of the earth forever. To learn what was being protected in those buildings, we have to travel back in time and place to when exploration was new, to when Spanish explorers stepped into the South American Andes in the 1500s and discovered something valuable that the indigenous people of the region had in volume, something that the Spanish would begin removing and sending back to Europe. Once the item became incredibly popular in Europe, particularly between the 17 and 1800s, explorers began seeking out more and more of this valuable good and sending it back overseas. Then, in 1900, a man from Germany named Glick showed up with a mission to collect the rest of this valuable material for the rich in Europe who demanded more and more of it. During the next two years, that man removed a million of the valuable items from the mountains, decimating hundreds of years of its being left alone, undisturbed, and used only by locals. No one knew how much was left to be discovered, but it seemed that Glick had removed every last piece. Then in 1918, a mining engineer working for Anaconda Copper in the region, who'd been living there with his wife, stopped his work as a local Chilean approached him with a metal can. The man wanted to sell the engineer what was in the can. Once the engineer saw the can's contents, he curiously purchased the can and what it contained. It sparked an idea, and the engineer began putting together a plan to see if they could find more of the can's contents in the area now that no one was really looking any longer. In 1919, the mining engineer gathered a group of 23 men together and had them head deep into the Andes to see if they could locate more of what he was hoping to find. When they returned with only a couple of the item, the engineer decided to helm the expedition himself and head even further into the mountains, where over the course of the next three years, at altitudes between 14 and 18,000 feet and into some of the most remote areas of Peru, the engineer would finally return to his home in the mountains. And after those three arduous years, the engineer and his group had only discovered 11 of the fragile items they had gone in search of. Because of their fragility and so they wouldn't break, the goods were brought slowly down the mountain and protected from the sun in the process. The engineer was worried that a sudden change in altitude might ruin the 11 pieces they'd recovered from the last three years of challenging work. During this slow move down the mountain, the engineer continually kept requesting that the Chilean government allow him to leave the country with his treasure. In 1923, just as the engineer and his group of friends and his wife had reached the bottom of the mountains, the Chilean government had decided to allow the objects to leave the country. Physically getting his precious cargo to the States was a different matter. If anyone were to find out about what the engineer and his group had brought down from the mountain, his treasure would be immediately confiscated and all of their work would have amounted to nothing. The cargo was put in a few small boxes and under his supervision, on board a train bound for the coast of Chile to a city called Palena. 
and Palena the group would move the cargo onto a steamer that would make a days-long 3,000-mile journey up Chile's coast to the town of Caleo, where they would prepare for the hardest part of their journey, getting their cargo secretly aboard the Japanese freighter, Anya Maru, which would take them the rest of the way to their final destination. Knowing the nature of his cargo, and knowing all 11 pieces would be confiscated, the engineer, his wife, and several of their friends who'd been accompanying them on their journey put these items in their pockets and proceeded to smuggle them on board the freighter. Once out to sea, the engineer declared to the captain what he'd brought on board. The engineer threatened to sue if there was any interference in what he was doing with these resources. Without incident, the captain of the freighter simply continued on toward their final stop. And on today's date, February 22nd, in 1923, the engineer, his wife, their friends, and their 12 pieces of cargo that they'd worked so hard to procure were finally home as the Anya Maru pulled into the Los Angeles Harbor and their last stop, the city of San Pedro. They were home. You may have noticed something just a moment ago. You may have noticed the number of pieces they returned home with had changed to 12 instead of 11. That wasn't a mistake. You'd have noticed correctly. One of the items didn't arrive intact when they reached San Pedro. However, two more of these same items appeared during their journey to Los Angeles. So what was it that had virtually disappeared from the face of the earth at one moment in time? What was it that caused the engineer to journey to some of the most remote parts of the world, travel thousands of miles, and take several years to attain? Something he'd planned on turning into a business the entire time once he returned home. Something that would become one of the hottest selling items of its time, and a trend that would eventually sweep across the U.S. and even Canada. Something that every time you see one from now on here in the States, you'll know that they exist at all, and in the numbers they do, because of those original 11 pieces of cargo. And something that, if you're ever in the Inglewood area of Los Angeles, and more specifically, 4957 West 104th Street, there's a preschool and daycare there now. And although it's completely unintentional, those long mobile classroom trailers are incredibly reminiscent, almost a whisper, of the low, long buildings that housed the original 11 treasures the engineer brought back. But they weren't buildings at all. They were homes for 11 chinchillas. Music for this episode of Whispers was created and provided by Scott Buckley. Learn more about his incredible music at scottbuckley.com.au. You've been listening to Whispers, short-form history podcast, telling stories that time is slowly forgetting. My name is Tony Lay. Thank you for listening. And until next time, good night.